Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. This is episode 104, and I am excited to welcome onto the podcast Holly Choi, co-owner and instructor of Safe Beginnings. Safe Beginnings educates caregivers and professionals with essential life-saving skills for small children. And this is especially important today because we're talking about the nursery, the room setup for your newborn baby toddler, preschooler, what have you. Whenever I walk into a family's home, there are certain things that I'm looking for safety-wise to make sure that, hey, we're going to set this place up for optimal sleep. Let's also make sure it's safe. If you are in this little Z Sleep Society, you already recognize Holly. She has provided videos for us in our bonus section. She has provided a video on bath time safety and a choking demo. And if that's something you want to check out, you can actually start a seven-day trial for $1 those links are all in the show notes and go check out Holly's videos. She's an incredible teacher and I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today. Let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Holly all about keeping your child's room safe and secure. Well, Holly, thank you and welcome to the podcast. We have been itching to have you on for quite a while. When you've provided for our sleep society, you've provided videos on bath time safety. Um, we Oh, and a choking demo. You have just wonderful content to share. And I found you through our friend Carly of We Talkers. And I put you in the same category as like just a soothing person. I want to listen to everything you say because you present it so well, so confidently. And obviously it's incredibly important for us to know. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to know a little bit about Safe Beginnings. I, like I said, we, before we started recording, I did not realize this is with your sister. So I would love for you to share just a little bit about Safe Beginnings and kind of the heart behind it. Yeah. So my sister, Jill, started Safe Beginnings a long time ago in uh, roughly 2009 after the birth of her daughter. And she had been a first aid instructor for a number of years. And when I became pregnant with my first daughter in 2015, I had a bit of a life crisis for lack of a better term in the sense that I wanted to be there and be a parent to her, but my job was not conducive to doing that. I was traveling all around the country, training physicians on software, and I realized that that wasn't going to put me up to be in a situation where I could be home for my daughter. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about what I loved about my job and what I didn't love. And I narrowed down to becoming a first aid instructor. So I talked to my sister about it and we went into business together and I used my entire mat leave training (laughs) and uh, we've been doing this ever since. So in 2016, we really went for it. And now we've taught over 10,000 caregivers and professionals um, essential life-saving skills. So that's kind of where we started um, back in 2016. And wow. yeah, we focus, we are, uh, I'm based in Vancouver, BC, Canada, um, but we are Canada's leading provider of infant and toddler focused safety courses. So we teach CPR, um, we teach car seat safety, and um, yeah, we've uh, just last year launched an online course as well. So it's been really exciting for us. I'm I'm completely blown away. That is a lot of people that have been empowered and equipped with 
great information that is literally life-saving and everybody needs. So that's incredible. And I'm, I'm very grateful for all that you are. So you guys are so generous on all the free things that you share on your Instagram. And I can only imagine how wonderful your online programs are. So, and great, great, great things that you guys are doing. And I really specifically, um, was pumped to have you on the podcast because I have been into many homes over the years and just been like, aghast is the word, but like just kind of shocked at like, wow, okay, we kind of need to do some room checklist safety here before we even get to sleep training. And the biggest thing that I wanted to talk with you about today is really going through when you step into a child's room through your eyes as a safety instructor, what are the top things when we walk into your child's nursery or the child's room, what are some things that we need to be mindful of when it comes to their safety? So I have three sort of big sections of this but my first is to be mindful of things that are around the crib so the first being cords and that can come in a number of ways there are monitor cords so if you have a baby monitor we shouldn't have cords anywhere near the crib and that's just because it could be a strangulation hazard we don't want children to um, also get their fingers and stuff caught in cords so it's really important to keep cords away my tip for parents around that, because I know uh, one of the ways that you can calm your anxiety as a parent is to have a really nice, clear picture of them, but consider mounting a wall shelf that you can put your monitor on and then point the monitor down towards the crib instead of perching it onto the crib. And that's an easy way to keep it away. The recommendation is to keep cords three feet away from the crib so that a child wouldn't be able to reach out and leverage something. The perch, that's definitely something a lot of people have going on. (laughs) Yeah, and for us, I found that we were able to get quite a good view, clear view, through the crib bars from just placing it on a dresser across the room. So if you feel like you really need that top view, you can consider getting one of those wall-mounted shelves. Absolutely. And that the perch, I see that happen obviously mostly for young babies because parents will say, well, my three month old can't roll. I can't go get that. But it doesn't matter if your baby's not capable of moving. It's just not safe period. And then, I mean, again, I've been into many homes on night one where I had to be like, can you please go get a a hammer and a nail? Like we need to put that somewhere else, not right there. Um, So, you know, not using the uh, excuse that your baby is small so they can't get to it. Like it's just not safe, period. Absolutely. Yeah. Another major one to be aware of is blind cords. And um, I live in Vancouver and we live in an earthquake zone. So I recommend that people keep their beds away from windows regardless. But it's really... um, especially important to keep a crib away from blinds because those blind cords are just as bad as monitor cords and blind cords often are already in a shape that you could easily put your head through because they often have more than one string on them so it's really really important to make sure that blinds are away the other one that um, a lot of there's a lot of gray area on is bumpers, crib bumpers, and both the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Canadian Pediatric Society completely um, do not recommend using crib bumpers. And um, a question I often get from my followers is, what about those mesh crib bumpers where they're, they're breathable? And right. The, I get the that answer, too. Yeah. The answer is still no. 
And it's because uh, they still can pose a strangulation hazard. But the main reason is that children have been able to use them and leverage them to climb out of the crib. So right. we don't want them to do that. Right. There's, um, that's definitely, you know, I feel like probably in what you and I do, there's a lot of similarities where people are like skating around. Okay, I'm not going to do that. But what about this? And <laughs> it's so something like the mesh bumpers. I um, sometimes, and, and to be perfectly honest, I have to be really careful even when I share a success story and somebody sends a picture. I mean, if it's a picture representing something that I'm not going to teach, I'm not going to share it. And, but there have been times where I didn't even notice there were the mesh bumpers because it looked like there were no bumpers from the crib angle or from the monitor angle. And people have said like, oh, so you're okay with mesh? I'm like, no, 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 no. So it's definitely <laughs> something that I think that is like a good um, people think is a good alternative because, oh, it's mesh, they can breathe, it's safe. But no, there's like nothing should be in that child's crib. Absolutely. And the blinds is a good one to note too. Um, I think that that's, you know, I'm obviously a proponent of the darker the room, the better the sleep. And, you know, you could, you could, if you're, if the only situation you have is for your child to have the crib right next to the, the window and the blinds, then even removing the blinds and putting up my favorite, uh, like blackout easy covers that like, securely Velcro or I don't know, something um, that we can do to, to fix that. I had not even thought of the blinds. That's a good one. Absolutely. So the next one is loose bedding. Um, I think we know from safe sleep guidelines that we don't want to have loose bedding in a baby's crib, but um, making sure that everything is nice and clear and, and tight fitting, um, if not just using something like a sleep sack instead. And um, my big pet peeve is heavy items that can fall into the crib. And all it takes is a quick search on Pinterest and it's a goldmine of hazards. And I find that um, a lot of the current nursery trends of um, putting large signs or art over top of a crib, that can be really dangerous. Um, and again, maybe I'm speaking a lot from living in an earthquake zone, but you have to remember that sometimes things fall off the wall. And um, if we aren't mounting things properly, or if we are in, God forbid, an earthquake, um, where is that going to fall? So it's a great opportunity to consider when you're decorating, where am I hanging stuff? Can I hang it on a different wall? Could I use a wall decal instead? There's a lot of ways to get around it. So I always, uh, with caution, if I'm on Pinterest, <laughs> I make sure that I'm looking to see what the hazards are before I put something together. You're so right. The nursery trends, for one, they're completely unrealistic. I mean, like, the heavy things on the wall, that's something I'd never thought about. I get annoyed by, you know, the the apparently the nurseries that have no window treatments. I'm like, so your kid never sleeps because it's just sunshine all day. <laughs> like what? But it's, you know, it's definitely not a realistic place to be, you know, looking for sometimes inspiration. But the you're right, even not living in an earthquake zone, a cousin of mine, they went on vacation and they had a heavy piece of art hanging behind the toilet and their bathroom. And for whatever reason, the nail just wasn't holding anymore and it just fell and it busted their pipes and it completely flooded their house while they were gone. Wow. And so you just don't know, like I have that, that, that story like ingrained in my head now of like, you just, you don't know and where you place things matters. And especially why would you put something so heavy? You're right. Like right next to the child's crib. Yeah. Yeah. I see it all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's so many things you see and you're like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> 
The second one I want to talk about um, as a major topic is change tables. And um, I, I know that um, this is a huge injury and this is something that a lot of people have happened to them. And one of the leading ways that infants are hospitalized worldwide every single year for an injury is from rolling off of an elevated surface. So um, bed or couch, um, but the main culprit is usually the change table. And when I'm speaking to parents in person, I find that you see a wave of realization wash over their face because they resonate with what I've just said because it's happened to them. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we have children rolling off of elevated surfaces is because We make assumptions about their development, and I really stress to parents, please do not make assumptions about your child's development, because when you think that they can't roll or crawl or walk, that is the day that they will. And so the main thing with change tables, please, please, please make sure that you always have one hand on your child on a change table. And a question I get all the time is, okay, well, if there's a strap, why do I have to have a hand Mm. on And all that those straps are designed to do is for you to be able to take one hand off to grab a wipe or diaper that is immediately next to you. And um, I've had multiple stories from um, grandparents in my class who have told me about their children, you know, 30 years ago, who have ejected out vertically from a change table. So not rolling off from the side, but from the top or bottom. And it's, it's a reality. The only way to keep a child in a change pad without your hands on them would be a five-point harness, and we can't change their day for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's one of those things where all the pediatric societies worldwide have now suggested we change diapers on the floor to avoid that injury, and it is a good workaround, but in reality, it can also be really hard on your back, and it's not accessible to everyone. So, if you're going to change on a change pad is just super important. Make sure that you always have one hand on the baby and make sure that you keep your diaper drawers really well stocked so that you're not tempted to walk away from them. And if you do need to walk away, please, even if they're completely (laughs) covered in stuff, pick them up and put them on the ground um, because we don't want to have that injury happen. And um, just to myth bust for a moment here, I I also get a lot of comments of, okay, but you know, like a newborn can't roll. They absolutely can. Um, And they may not have intention to roll, but they carry enough weight in their head that a movement of their head, their whole body can follow. So when they're on an elevated surface, we can never make those assumptions. Oh, that is an incredibly important reminder. There were even times with my first daughter, I had the changing pad because she was my first. So I was like, I've got to have everything in the nursery, you know, just as I could, you know, could get it. And then for honestly, my second, I was just trying to remember when you were talking about changing pads and the heart, the uh, five point harness, I was laughing at that. But I was like, I think the only time I changed my second kid, because it was a second kid and they were 18 months apart was on the floor. Um, because I was on the floor all the time with the toddler. So that's definitely a, a good point about, you know, that is the safest, maybe not for, I know my mom couldn't have leaned over and like changed the diaper on the floor. Um, but a lot of really good things to be thinking about for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. The last one that I want to talk about, which is a major important thing to do. And um, the question that I get is, if you had one baby proofing item, 
that you could do in your home, what would it be? Anchor your furniture. And I think um, most people now have heard of the Ikea recall where dressers were falling on children when they climbed them. And I have really strong feelings about that recall. And there's been a lot of documentaries made about it. And um, I think they missed the mark, honestly. The problem is that it is not exclusively an Ikea problem. It is a furniture problem. And regardless of where your furniture is made um, or how expensive it was, if it's big and heavy, it can fall on a child. And the way that I like to relate this to parents is I just want you to imagine you're a toddler for a moment. Does a bookcase look like a ladder to you? Can you pull the drawers out of the dresser and make a staircase? Is there something on top of the dresser that I want to play with, but I can't reach it? If the answer is yes, then the toddler is going to climb that. So it's not just the stuff that's in their space. It is everything in the home that's heavy or could become top heavy. And for that reason, we need to make sure that anything that is heavier or could become top heavy is anchored to the wall, not just their space. So the current recommendation is anything that is three feet or taller has to be anchored to the wall. And I have put together um, a guide that I have on our website and I'll give you the link Becca, but um, with information on how to properly anchor furniture from experts. And there um, are a lot of parents that are advocating for stricter guidelines around furniture and anchoring in the United States as a result of their children being lost in these tragic um, accidents. And so they have specific recommendations of if they could go back, what products they would use and um, how it can be done properly. So there are some things on the market that don't necessarily do the job as well as others. So right. it's important that you're getting really good qualified information. So I've put together some resources. In the US, there is a campaign through the Consumer Product Safety Commission called Anchor It, and they offer really great advice as well. Oh, this is amazing information and things that I, I know listeners right now are already thinking through and maybe even pausing this um, to go check out what's going on in their house and thinking through the lens of your toddler. Yeah, what do they what do they see as a ladder? There's and what do they see that's on top? What's bright and shiny? And I want to get it. Um, this has just been so incredibly helpful. I can't wait to share this checklist with everybody. And you know, I was just sitting here thinking there's a lot about safe sleep and safety in general that you know we should never feel like we're living in fear about it. We just need to be prepared about it. Absolutely. And I will say that um, while I often come off as really confident when I'm speaking or on my Instagram, I'll say that I'm a very anxious person. And one of the ways that I've dealt with that as a parent is to just inform myself. And the more information you can get and the more prepared you can be, the more at ease you will be. So um, I do find that it, it's really, really important that you get qualified information um, from a good source, and then you can move on from there. Well, I really value everything that you teach and share. And again, you provided an entire bathtub safety lesson for our Sleep Society members and a choking demo that has already been extremely helpful for many families. And I'll do a little spoiler. I had never, you know, when you, when I was watching your bathtub video and you were talking about using your elbow as to test the water, I was like, what? My elbow's not sensitive. <laughs> 
It is. Oh my God. It sure is. Yeah. Really, it's like, it shocked me. And there was so much that you shared in those videos. I was like, wow. Um, you know, and even just, I I've started to implement the things for my kids and they're three and five years old. So, you know, what you're sharing today is not just for newborns, not just for, it's for everything. And I'm so grateful for everything that you provide through your Instagram and through your online program. So tell us a bit about your, where we can find you and then your online programs that you have available. Yes, thank you. So our website is safebeginnings.ca and you can also find me on Instagram at at safebeginnings. Um, I use my Instagram really as a continued education piece. So for people that either have or haven't taken a workshop with us, I have them join me on Instagram and I talk about all things child safety all week long. But our main course that we offer is a infant child CPR choking and injury prevention course. And we are currently offering it both as a live webinar, but also through a video-based course for people who really want to do it at your own pace. Or if you have distractions at home and you just feel like you might need to pause every now and then. Um, and we launched that video-based course uh, over a year ago now, and it's been really well received. And um, yeah, that's, that's where you can find us. So safebeginnings.ca is our website, but I also recommend checking us out on Instagram at safebeginnings. Oh, I highly recommend your Instagram. It really, that's the right word for it. It really is continuing education. You're giving such a great wealth of knowledge through your paid resources, through your website resources. And it's a good way to just have that continual, like you said, informing ourselves. It's another way to continue to inform yourself. So Holly, thank you so much for your time. It is, it's early morning, your time. So you've been a champ here this morning with us. And I'm so grateful for everything that you share and do. Thank you so much, Beth. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Holly. I learned so much. If you have enjoyed this talk with Holly, you're going to love her online courses and her free resources. So we've got all the links below. You can check out her checklist for baby proofing. You can also check out her infant child CPR choking and injury prevention course in the show notes. Check that out. And don't forget to follow her on Instagram because she and her sister are constantly sharing really wonderful insights into safety. So thank you so much, Holly. I'm grateful that you guys were here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.